Tim McMahon. We're about to start another NBA season, but this one's going to start without Ja Morant, the Memphis All-Star who's serving a 25-game suspension. Now, this all stems from an incident specifically in May. Tell us about what happened there. Yeah, the short version of this is that John Morant, uh, for the second time in a matter of months, was flashing a handgun during an IG Live video. Uh, He was suspended after the first occasion, which came on the heels of several uh, concerning incidents that did not rise to the level of league discipline. Uh, The first time he flashed a handgun on Instagram Live resulted in an eight-game suspension, a meeting with Adam Silver, And uh, suffice to say, Adam Silver was extremely displeased that less than two months later, he essentially did something very similar. So in in, in assessing um, what discipline is appropriate, if that's the case, um, we look at both the history of prior acts, but then we look at the individual player's history as well. And so that, and and the seriousness, of course, of the conduct. So those are all things that get factored. Um, it's it's not an exact science. It comes down to judgment at the end of the day. So the final incident that triggered the twenty-five game suspension was the final, like you mentioned, of several incidents, and there were more just questions of his behavior before that as well. Yeah, there's been several incidents that have certainly been concerning. Um, like I said, the the two that have merited league discipline were both him showing a handgun while uh, on Instagram Live. One was voluntary. It was on his own account. Uh, the second seemed to have been, uh, I guess you could call it an inadvertent flashing of a handgun on Instagram Live. It was on his friend Devontae Pack's uh, Instagram account. And as they showed him with a gun, the camera quickly dropped, obviously realizing that he was putting himself in, uh, in the same situation that he had a couple months earlier. But no, there's there have been a lot of concerns about John Morant's lifestyle, John Morant's decision-making. And then there have been a, a couple of incidents, nothing that has resulted in any charges to John Morant, but several that have resulted in some uh, police involvement. Okay, so we'll get to all of those in a second, but there seems to be sort of a finality when it comes to this one. It's either if you don't change your ways, John Morant, after this 25-game suspension, perhaps your NBA career is in question. So at the end of this 25-game suspension, what do the Grizzlies need to see from John Morant? Well, listen, the Grizzlies need to see him get to the end of that suspension without anything that would merit further discipline from the league office. Um, But I think the Grizzlies are in the process of figuring out just how to, uh, just how to best help Ja be in a position to succeed. And it's a tough situation where there's going to be some enabling from franchises with superstars just because of the, the, you know, the way things work in the NBA. You don't want to alienate this kid. But there have been certainly uh, some indications of tough love from the Grizzlies franchise. The most definitive statement on where we are came from Grizzlies general manager Zach Kleiman. This was in the wake of the 25-game suspension. At this point, 
you know, honestly, it's it doesn't matter until he follows through on it. it. Like, couldn't couldn't care less, you know, about words. You know, Ja has to prove it. That's a a strong statement to make. Let's just be clear. Ja does not have to get Boy Scout badges to get back on the floor for the Memphis Grizzlies. When John Moran is eligible to play, the, the Memphis Grizzlies will eagerly plug him into their starting lineup. John Moran has been an elite NBA talent since the night he was drafted and is the biggest star to land in Memphis since Elvis. His potential appears limitless on the court. But last season, questions arose about his conduct off it. Today, Tim McMahon explains the circumstances surrounding Moran's struggles off the floor and tells us how his proximity to violent threats and a partying lifestyle may be endangering his NBA future. I'm Israel Gutierrez. It's Wednesday, October 18th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, Tim, now I want to sort of paint the picture of John Morant, this all-star that it seemed like the country fell in love with. And frankly, the country were seemed surprised by his actions here that led to this 25-game suspension. So in your years of covering the NBA, you've obviously seen your share of players who've come into the league. Maybe some of them have some red flags. Maybe some of them look like perfect citizens. What did you find with John Morant before he got drafted in 2019? Yeah, there, there weren't any red flags on him. This is a guy who was an, an under-the-radar recruit, you know, went to Murray State, a mid-major, the first uh, D1 program to offer him a scholarship, became a superstar there, uh, you know, was considered to be a, a, a humble kid. Now, you know, could be a little bit goofy, uh, you know, that sort of thing, but there, there weren't concerns about, you know, the way that he was handling himself uh, in, in social circles or, that he was parting too much. He did not have that reputation. And, you know, again, this is coming from scouting reports. You know, these scouts are talking to his high school coach, Crestwood High School in South Carolina, no off-the-court issues, uh, talking to AAU coaches, uh, the coaching staff at Murray State. They said he'd had no problems with Ja. You know, he, he, these guys praised his work ethic, uh, you know, praised his commitment. He was considered a great teammate, uh, respectful, coachable. Again, goofy, a little bit silly, but not a guy who had any kind of character concerns coming out of college. Yeah, I think early on in his career, you sort of started attaching him with names like Donovan Mitchell or even Anthony Davis, which are guys that just stars but seemed very humble and would be very good as a franchise player. Uh, When Ja did first get to Memphis, was it more of that or did anything change in that first year? Yeah, Damian Lillard would be another guy there, and there's been a lot of comparisons there as this under-recruited high school player 
became a star at a mid-major and really just has a natural leadership charisma about him. These are guys who, you know, like when you talk to John Morant, when you talk to Dame Lillard, they're always hyping up their teammates and those sort of things. So, and and I, I think that still is there with Ja. I think when Ja is in the gym with his team, you know, he he's still a guy that you like having in the locker room, that you like having, you know, on the floor and in the meeting room. The concerns with John Morant's what's going on when he's not with the team, when he's not in the team facility. And, you know, there have those things did start pretty early on in his rookie year, but just stuff like, hey, you know, he's out, he's out partying a lot. You know, there's he's out in the clubs, you know, he's going to 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 bars on a regular basis, nights before games, those kind of things. Um, but as as far as the the personality, uh, you know, talking to people who were around Ja his rookie year, there definitely seems to have been a pretty significant change in his uh, his disposition. Humility is not a word that you're hearing an awful lot. Okay, so here we are, and we're about to get to the point again where we mentioned he's about to serve a 25-game suspension after a series of events. This didn't just happen suddenly, right? It also didn't just happen to show up in his first All-Star season, but you chronicled one specific incident in your story during his All-Star season on a plane to the All-Star game what kind of signs did the Grizzlies see during this season and what happened on that plane? Yeah, and again, the plane is, it's, it's a young guy celebrating his first all-star appearance with friends and family. You crying? Don't, don't cry yet, Grandma. Come on, Mama Lynn, don't cry yet. And at the time, like, it's not something that was any secret. This was an IG live video. They're, you know, they're drinking Casamigos tequila. They're really, <laughs> you know, they're they're uh, passing the bottle around and enjoying it. And at the time, it was kind of considered, ah, you know, this is fun. Hey, you know, good time, celebrate. It's a major accomplishment. Yeah, we all understand making your first All Star game should be a celebratory event. But the problem appeared to be Morant didn't need much of a reason to celebrate in this way. At least when you look at some of the other incidents that followed, right? You know, you, you look at the incident where uh, that led to Jaws' suspension last year in March. They left Houston the night of a game to fly to Denver. Houston is a city that is known for its nightlife. Denver, by NBA standards, is not. Well, the first thing that Ja did when he landed in Denver was went to Shotgun Willie's, a, a, a gentleman's club, strip club, um, on the outskirts of Denver. And, and that's the night that the New York Post ended up getting the photographs where he's basically flooded the floor of, of the VIP room with cash and, you know, is, is having uh, that sort of a night. Then they play the game uh, a, a couple of nights later. After the game, their next game's in L.A. You know, a lot of times a team will fly out night of the game. The Grizzlies, instead of flying out and getting to L.A. that night, again, a city known for nightlife, they stayed in Denver. Jaw went back to Shotgun Willie's, and that's the night where 3.19 a.m. Mountain Time, he starts a, an Instagram Live video where he is partying shirtless and flashing a handgun in the strip club that, 
resulted in him getting an eight-game suspension. Tim, you mentioned the details of that initial incident in Denver at Shotgun Willie's in Glendale, Colorado, that got him suspended. What were the repercussions right after that? Well, the uh, the immediate repercussions were that the Grizzlies announced that Ja would be away from the team. Uh, during that time, Ja went from Denver to a Florida counseling facility. He has been adamant that it was not related to uh, any potential issue that he has with alcohol. He has he said very clearly, I do not have a problem with alcohol. I've never had an alcohol problem. He really strongly pushed back on that. Uh, other than that, you know, he's just talked about, you know, receiving uh, essentially advice on, you know, managing his breathing and, and how to deal with stress. You mentioned before the incidents with the guns, you mentioned his childhood friend, Devontae Pack, earlier. I think the rest of the nation started to learn his name after a post-game incident against the Indiana Pacers. What happened there, and what was the Grizzlies' response to that? So this really started during the game when he stepped out. You know, he's sitting in the courtside seats that are owned by John Morant. Uh, where he was, you know, he, he was there on a regular basis. And he stepped out on the court, you know, confronting Pacers players. Devontae Pack ended up getting removed from the seats by security. And then there was a post-game confrontation. That is the one fact that uh, is in agreement. Um, the Pacers alleged that as Ja rode off in a, uh, a sports utility vehicle, that there was a red laser that was pointed from that vehicle uh, towards members of the uh, Pacers traveling party. Uh, the concern there is what was that red laser attached to? The NBA investigated, and I will quote from NBA spokesman Mike Bass, while we substantiated that a post-game situation arose that was confrontational based on interviews and ev other evidence gathered, we could not corroborate that any individual threatened others with a weapon. Uh, he does mention that certain individuals involved in the postgame situation and a related matter during the game that night have subsequently been banned from attending games in the arena. One of those individuals was Devontae Pack. But the the reaction from John Morant and the people close to, to him uh, in the wake of this was essentially to, uh, to, to lash out. Right. Ja posted a tweet in response basically saying the investigation was bogus, and there was an unfairly negative image being placed on him and his family and friends. But this also moved the Grizzlies to calling a closed-door meeting with Morant at this point. Kleiman, the GM, and head coach Taylor Jenkins sat down with him. What did they tell him? Yeah, and I don't have details on that other than the general tone was, hey, you're messing up. And again, this was sometime in the days or weeks after that incident uh, that occurred during and after the home game uh, against the Pacers and before the incident in Denver that resulted in the suspension. But there had been several things uh, that were concerning, and the, the general gist was, hey, you're messing up. Th these things are concerns. Like, you've got to get your, you know, your, your off-core life in order. This stuff is, is becoming problematic and is—, is getting in the way of ultimately what John Morant's goals are and, and what the Memphis Grizzlies' goals are. What were some of those incidents that you mentioned? There was a July 2022 altercation at Memphis Mall. This started when 
A salesperson at Foot Locker got into a heated confrontation with Ja Morant's mother, and the salesperson alleged that Ja and several of his friends showed up and threatened him. The mall's head of security also alleged that Morant threatened him and shoved him in the parking lot. Again, that was a situation that was investigated by the police. The police were called, but there were no charges. Uh, less than a week later, there was the incident at John Morant's house where he has a full court, uh, full basketball court in his backyard. There's often, you know, high-level pickup games there. And there was a 17-year-old uh, college prospect from Memphis who was part of that pickup game uh, playing against Ja, and they got into it over the technique this teenager used to check the ball back to Ja. He was allegedly struck by Jaw, and then Devontae Pack jumped in and also punched him. That led to a civil lawsuit that is ongoing. Um, months later, uh, Devontae Pack was arrested on an assault charge stemming from that incident. There was a September 2022 incident at a high school in the Memphis area where Jaw's sister was engaged in an argument and then allegedly Jaws and family members and others arrived, uh, leading to another altercation in which witnesses alleged that one of Jaws' associates threatened a student. Um, and so, you know, it's just a it's just a list of these those particular incidents where there's violence or threats of violence, as well as the situation that occurred uh, in the home game against the Pacers and the concerns about. Uh, just the the frequency of the late nights and early mornings, uh, you know, out party. And what role would you say his father has played in this? Because he's been a very visible part of John Morant's career the last from the beginning. Yeah, um, you know, T. Morant certainly has become a celebrity in his own right. Um, you know, he's a, he's a courtside constant. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned the incident with the Pacers in Memphis last year. You know, he, he's right there arguing with the Pacers al- alongside Devontae Pack. You know, he got into it with Shannon Sharp at a game uh, in Los Angeles. When Shannon Sharp was arguing with some Grizzlies players, he came in, Team Morant, and uh, got involved in that. And uh, again, I think that there have been some, con- I know that there have been some concerns uh, within the Grizzlies organization and within the NBA, that T. Morant has has struggled to find a line between being a supportive father and being part of the entourage, or being a supportive father and being a celebrity. You know, one source. Uh, put it to me like this. He said, T has been a major driving force in all of this. He never made the NBA, but this was his chance to live like he's an NBA superstar. Coming up, what's the next chapter for John Morant? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Okay, Tim, so we're here now with John Morant starting his suspension. And I think the question most people still want to know is what exactly is being treated here? What exactly is John Morant supposed to look like at the back end of this suspension? Um, What, to your understanding, is his status with the Grizzlies currently? His status with the Grizzlies is he is a member of of the team that is not allowed to play in games. But he's practicing with the Grizzlies. He is traveling with the Grizzlies. He is around the Grizzlies on a regular basis, with the exception of game nights. He has to be out of the arena three hours before tip-off. Uh, and he's obviously not allowed to be there at any point during the games. Now, they're in this awkward uh, phase where they have to get ready to play 25 games without John Morant. So he's not, he's not practicing when they scrimmage. He's not with the starters. You know, he's with the second unit. They are, they are coming up with ways for John to try to take advantage of this time by, you know, focusing on skill-specific work, for example, stuff that you typically wouldn't do uh, with a star during the season. But he is with the Grizzlies on a day-in, day-out basis at this point. And how much of the team's personnel decisions do you think maybe were built around, hey, let's get some support for John Morant when he does come back from the suspension? So they added two guards who they felt like had a chance to get through to John Morant, two, two guys who they knew that John Morant had an immense amount of respect for. And I'm talking about Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose. To be clear, they didn't add those guys only because they were hoping that some of their wisdom would, would be positive influences on John Morant. Marcus Smart is going to be a starter for the Memphis Grizzlies. They feel like he fills in a lot of the things that they didn't need. So they certainly do hope that he becomes a leader in that locker room. Uh, and then Derrick Rose is going to be uh, a guy who plays a lot of minutes. They think he has a lot left in the tank, but certainly they are hoping that these guys can help guide John Morant. Now, Both of these guys have been very clear, and they use the same phrase, saying they are not here to babysit, but they are more than happy to push John Moran. I think that they would be more than happy to, you know, in whatever way the experience that they've had uh, in the NBA can help him, they'd be more than happy to share that. They'd be more than happy to 
you know, uh, again, just help guide him. But the idea that Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose are on the Memphis Grizzlies roster to keep John Moran out of trouble, that's not their job. And it's not something that uh, that the Grizzlies are asking them to do. And it's not something they have any interest in doing. That needs to be something the Grizzlies figure out uh, outside of the players on the roster. And that certainly has to be something that John Morant figures out on his own. What about outside of that Memphis Grizzlies facility in the community there? Your reporting touched on the community's sort of evolving relationship with Ja. Uh, loved him early on and now have a little bit more question marks about him. What have you heard from the people in the city about Morant now? This is a city that certainly uh, has had John Morant's back. I mean, he's the biggest star that they've had in Memphis since Elvis Presley, as, as <laughs> Jeff Calkins, a longtime columnist in Memphis, put it. I mean, and, and it's true. They've never had an NBA superstar like this. And it, it's not a city that has, you know, multiple major pro sports franchises. It is the Memphis Grizzlies. That is the one major pro sports franchise in Memphis. And, you know, Jaws. Uh, a superstar unlike any that they've ever had there. Um, but a lot of those relationships have soured. You know, we talked to uh, Memphis business owners who at one point really enjoyed having Ja frequent their establishments, you know, would look forward to him coming in. Uh, and that's no longer the case. You know, they talk about uh, just a, a kind of a dread when Ja and his associates walk through the door because they feel like, there is the potential for trouble. Uh, they, they feel like there is the potential for them, for their employees, and for their customers to feel disrespected. So in that sense, things have certainly, certainly taken a turn for the worse. What about Moran's status as a brand? Uh, I would say Ja has put his status as a brand in jeopardy. Powerade pulled a lot of the ads that, you know, they planned a major marketing campaign with Jaws, the face of it, that was supposed to run during the playoffs, they pulled that. Nike really scaled back the launch of the Jaw One, his first signature shoe. Um, you know, now, those shoes have sold well, but it's just when you are focused on the demographic of really of, of teenage kids, of, of, of younger kids, um, there are obvious concerns about having somebody who has this type of track record as the face of that marketing campaign. And in terms of his legal troubles, what's still lingering with Ja? You know, the, there is the civil lawsuit from the fight at the backyard pickup game. And, uh, you know, Josh Holloway was the alleged victim there. He was then 17 years old. Uh, obviously, this was in the summer of 2022. Um, and so, you know, that civil lawsuit uh, continues. Uh, T. Morant, Devontae Pack, and others have faced depositions. Uh, ja might. Kevin Helms, the Grizzlies head of security, also could. That's according to Rebecca Alderman, who's the lawyer representing Holloway. And that trial could begin in April of 2024. And then, Tim, from what you understand, where is Ja Morant now mentally? 
you know what? I really don't even want to uh, say because John Morant has not spoken to the media since the end of last season. He hasn't spoken to the media since they were eliminated uh, by the Los Angeles Lakers. And that night, you know, he talked about how his off-court issues were a problem and and, and had been a distraction for the Grizzlies that season. Um, you know, you, you have in early September, uh, Jaws' close friend, Nye Williams, who's a videographer and photographer that does a lot of work for him, put out a nearly minute-long video and he's working out in a white T-shirt that reads gratitude. And then there's these these social media posts of these shirts that read rebirth and accountability. Um, so if you want to take that in as a glimpse into his mentality, I think that's probably the intention there. Yeah, I think a lot of people still have questions on where Ja Morant is. But I think we all want to see him at the end of this 25-game suspension, hopefully start a story of recovery because we all love watching him play basketball. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. I'm Israel Gutierrez. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.